Hello and welcome to the Red Robin Podcast, powered by Budget Tires Auto Centre and 360 Chartered Accountants, the independent Hulkington Rovers podcast. Good evening, East Hull and beyond. It's great to see so many people join us for this week's Red Red Robin Podcast Weekly. We've got James Perlin, podcast regular, join us for this week's episode as we discuss our defeat to the Warrington Wolves, our upcoming Challenge Cup fixture against the Batley Bulldogs and everything else that's happened in between. It's almost becoming boring saying it, James, but the life of a Hull Kingston Rovers fan is never dull. And when you look at what's happened in the past week, even the past few days, even today, um, it is definitely not dull, is it, James? Plenty going on with the Robins at the moment. Oh, plenty, yeah. I mean, yeah, it is. It's sort of it's great because it means the club's in the news. People are talking about us, you know. And uh, well, like you say, you know, the, the saying is a, a week's long time in politics, and that certainly applies to uh, applies to Rovers as well. I mean, just you know, just even like I said, even today, in you know the last twenty, the twenty four, last twenty four hours has just been you know typically the roller coaster that the uh, that we've all come to love, come to expect and love, really. Yeah, one hundred percent, James. And good evening to. Matt Brady, Stuart Wilson, Steve Bucknell, Craig Eskeret, um, all tuning in on YouTube. It's great to have you involved. Please get involved in the comment section and let us know what you think of Ulkington Rovers at the moment and especially what we're talking about. We've got James O'Brien from the Yorkshire Post, of course. Many people will remember him from covering Ulkington Rovers for Hull Live. Um, he's joining us later on in the podcast. He's going to cast an eye over at Hulkington Rovers in 2023. He still covers the side and for those of you who listen to the press conferences with Willie Peters pre-game, we'll know that he's uh, he's still about, he's still asking questions and he's at the games, etc. So it'd be great to, to get his opinion on how Robins are doing this season and get his, uh, his opinions on rugby league in general. But James, we'll start with Warrington Wolves, our defeat. I mean, God, it feels like a lifetime ago almost, doesn't it? it? Yeah. I mean, yeah. What a fixture to be involved in um, as a supporter, you know, when you're going to take on the top teams. Um, these are the games that you really want to be involved in. The The support was magnificent for the Robins on Friday night, despite the M62 car park doing its best to delay people getting to the game, as it always does. But what a fantastic game. Um, what a fantastic performance from the Robins despite defeat and it was a defeat but James it was a defeat that gave us plenty of hope for the future Oh it certainly did I mean I think you know it was it was an absolutely cracking game and I think I saw someone in the press put you know if IMG are watching that's the sort of game and occasion they want you know it, it, it had that it had the intensity and feel of a playoff game you know, both sides, you know, going absolutely 100% at each other, no quarter given, no quarter asked, you know, some great hits, some great play. It was, it was just a really good game, you know, great atmosphere. Like you said, you know, the, the, the Rovers fans that got over there, you know, we, we just didn't stop singing all, all evening, you know, having, you know, got over the M62, as you say, but no, it was. And you say it's those sort of games that, you know, a few years ago, we couldn't even dream of being involved in. And it just really, I think, just shows how far the club has come under Willie Peters in the last, just in, you know, this just this season, really. You know, you know, we obviously saw the, you know, some you know shoots towards the back end of last season, and you know, so the, the resilience the club had. But we've it's gone on to we've gone on to a different level now, and it was, I think, you know, 
I think if we'd have beaten Warrington on Friday night, Warrington fans couldn't have, couldn't have complained. You know, I have no complaints about the result. I thought, you know, first half, we were absolutely superb, played out, you know, absolutely superb. Second half, we just didn't have any ball and simple, simple, and obviously Parcel going off, you know, with the HIA just before half time. I think that sort of probably scuppered our chances to an extent and just allowed, you know, lost a bit of, I suppose, a bit of zip and unpredictability around the, uh, around the rock and, um, you know, just sort of, I think, I was thinking watching it, you know, Warrington is like this, just grinding it, they're just grinding this down. And, you know, yeah, they deserve the win. But I think, you know, I said, if Rovers had come out on top, Warrington fans couldn't have complained either. It was just an absolutely superb game. Yeah, it was an absolute belter. And good evening, Don. Cake B was watching on YouTube. Um, the final score, James, 21 points to 14 in favour of Warrington. The starting lineup, we saw Ethan Ryan going in at fullback. Um, he came in out of the dark, obviously, started the season on the right wing, missed a number of games. Um, he came in at fullback. Sean Kenny Dowell, he started once again at right back. Tom Opachik, of course, his centre. We saw the two halls on the left. And then, James, we saw Jez Litton and Mikey Lewis in the halves. Now, you're, you're older than me. <laughs> and that and that's no insult. Um, I can't remember the last time Rovers started with two Hullborn um, players in the halves. And, and it's a fantastic question to ask people who are watching on YouTube and, and Facebook, etc. And if you're listening on the podcast, let us know because um, it's been a long, long time since we had two Hullborn players representing all Kingston Rovers playing in the halves. Yeah, I, I can't. I can't remember the last time. You know, I might mean, have a few few sleeps since you know, the last all that years. I just can't. You know, even even in the, yeah, you know, in the you know beginning this beginning of this the early early um beginning of the turn of the millennium, I can't remember us having a, that sort of thing. I think there's always a, yeah. a an Aussie or an New Zealander being brought over to uh to play to play that in in that position. Um, no, I just can't think of anybody. Yeah, and if anyone—it's great to see everybody knows. Yeah, let us know. Yeah, yeah. let us <laughs> know because if you know. do, it's a fantastic question. And like we said, James, it's great to see. I know yeah. it wasn't. Um, it was almost you know it's it, the reason they're playing is because we haven't got our first choice uh, number uh, six in there. Well, John Abdul, Roy Milne's injured, etc. But you know it was great to see uh, just two Hullborn lads playing there. In the props, we had Dean Hadley starting again at prop. Uh, Matty Parcell was the hooker. George King was the other prop. And then we had the uh, the great partnership of James Batchelor and Kane Lynette in the second row. Elliot Minchella at loose forward on the bench. We lined up with Sue, Kennedy, Wood and Luckley. Again, we've gone with five props. Um, again, Hadley at prop, James. It, it, it's um, It's not one that many people expected, is it? It's not, and I think you know the previous game. He, um, you know, again came as a surprise in the in the, in the last home game, um, and I thought you know he did really well in that you know in that position. You know, I think he played some big minutes. I think his first stint in that last in the, in the previous game was about thirty minutes, and he did it again on uh, on on uh, on Friday night. And when you think you know, given the size of the you know the Warrington pack, you know, we've got some you know like Vaughan and Maguire in there. Uh, it, you know, he certainly stood up and didn't didn't certainly didn't look out of place again, and I think it just really shows the, I think the value that Hadley brings to the to the squad. Mm. You know that you know he, he, 
Peters knows he can play really in any position. You know, you know, he's, he's played at loose man, second row, he's now he's played at prop, he'd probably play a hooker if Peters asked him to. And one thing you know with Dean is that you get hundred percent every game. You know, that is his level is, is so good and you know so high. And it's probably no no coincidence that he's one of the he was been you know the first player to be announced to be re-signed for you know for another two years by uh, by Peters and was one of the you know he was apparently one of the first people that Peter spoke to before he came over to uh, to the club. You know he is he's just he's just one of those players that every club needs. And if he's not there, you miss you know, you notice. And but then ironically, when he is there, you don't really notice because he just does the graft. He just gets on with a hard graft and just does it to such a high level. Yeah, he's uh, he's one player that we do spend a lot of time talking about on the podcast due to his performance, and there's no doubt he's a Willie Peters favourite and. He's rightly so because he is turning up week in, week out for the Robins. Um, we mentioned at the start there, James, Ethan Ryan lining up at fullback. Um, it was probably a natural shoeing, wasn't it, to, to play him there. Some people mentioned whether PLT might get a, a look in. Obviously, he lined up for Keefley uh, yeah. at the weekend. He played against his father. I mean, what a <laughs> unique set of circumstances that is. Uh, PLT coming out on top, 1-0 to him. Over his dad, I'm sure it'd have been a great occasion for them and a great experience. But Ethan Ryan, James, um, do you know what? It, the greatest compliment is with Ethan Ryan playing at fullback, I think, against Warrington, is that you almost forgot that he hadn't been playing for so long for the Robins. It just fitted in seamlessly mm, and, and yeah. it was so short of the high ball. I mean, there was the amount of times he was getting peppered with kicks from Ratchford, mm. Williams, and every time. Just with such easy, he plucked them balls out from the air and got us on the front foot with with his uh, his runs. But a really assured performance from Ethan Ryan. It it, it was, and again, it, it was. In, in, say he just slotted, he just slotted in. You know, not once did when the, those balls were going up, did you feel as though he's going to he's going to drop it um, and put us under pressure in our own half. Uh, but we say, like you say, I know he's played there before. You know, and I think he's played a couple of times, a few times for Rovers back in the last season. Looked looked good, good there. But yeah, it just it just slotted in, and I think that's probably you know testament to the sort of you know player he is. And it's you know in a way, it's such a shame he's not going to be uh, he's not going to be retained. And he's, he's, and he's moving what do you make of that, James? Would 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 you retain him? <sighs> it, it, it's an interesting one because I think you know, obviously his, his, his primary position is on the wing, mm. and. You've then got like potentially you've got you got senior to go on the wing. I don't know. It's it's a difficult one. A difficult one. I thought you know when look at the people who was going to be ten, potentially retained, he was perhaps a, perhaps a borderline because of who had, they've already got senior. There may be somebody else, somebody else coming in for that wing position late. You know later on the season, uh, so, so for next season. Uh, but he also then he but then he gives you the versatility, doesn't he? You know like you know as we saw on Friday night, he can slot into that fullback position. Without you know, without any 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 dramas or any problems, and I think long term, obviously, the club probably see PLT as being you know that that fullback holding that fullback berth. But I think you know, good as PLT is, I probably don't think he's ready yet. And I think to throw him in against Warrington, you know, might have been you know not not the best thing. But by the same token, he's got to learn sometime. But you know. It, it just shows we've still got that strength in depth that we can, even with Kutau, we've got 
Ryan can come in who's got that experience. And then if Ryan's got to slot in somewhere else on the wing or wherever, or he's injured or whatever, then we, we kind of always call upon PLT, you know, to get that experience as well. Yeah, and by all accounts, Ethan Ryan signed a deal with Eve, uh, with the Salford Red Devils. Um, it is going to be sad to see him go, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, don't forget as well, James, he was the first choice right winger at the start of the season. He, yeah, yeah. He, yeah. He, it was his place to lose. Unfortunately, he did come up short in a couple mm-hmm. of games, didn't he, with his defensive mm-hmm. efforts. And, and obviously, yeah. we've seen Willie Peters is not afraid to make changes. Yeah. Um, yeah. We've still got Louis Senior. In the yeah. squad, um, he's featured on the right wing. So, yeah. at the moment, it's cutthroat Kingston Rovers, isn't it? Because they're it's, not. It is. I mean, it is quite ironic that I think you know last season, you know, few in a few games, Ryan looked very solid mm. on the wing. You know, there's a few times he came in and just cut some some attacks down dead with some some crunching tackles. But but like you say, it just I think just shows probably the, probably the ruthlessness that Willie Peters has got. That you know you've got to maintain, you've got to set yourself at a high high level, and he expects you to maintain that. And if you don't maintain that, then you're out. Yeah. Um, and I think you know the fact the, the games at the beginning of the season, yeah, it did look it did look did look suspect defensively, and yeah. that's probably why he's not been he's not been retained. Yeah, and he's, um, yeah. And he, um, hey, look, he's he's still got a big part to play for the Robins. Um, oh God, yeah, you know, yeah, look, yeah. I mean, look. Coots out for a number of weeks. Who knows whether he'll pick up another injury as the season mm. goes on. So he's still got a huge part to play for the Robins this season. And I'll tell you what, James, we posed the question. Um, yeah, no, I'm, I'm, Jury, um has come up with the goods. I mean, I'm, I'm searching frantically to find the exact game. Uh, but we posed the question, when was the last time Rovers uh, lined up with two Hull-born halfbacks? Uh Cadell Jury, uh, Chaz Ianson and Paul Cook. Um, oh, great shout. And, and he, you know, Ianson did feature for the Rovers on a number of occasions, yeah. particularly yeah. during the, the Michael Dobson era. Yeah. Um, last played in 2010. Uh, he made eight appearances for the Robins in 2010. Season 2009, he made 15 appearances. 2008, he made nine appearances. So I am searching frantically to see the game where they lined up in the halves. There was a game where he sat on the bench with Dobson and Cook. Uh, they were lining up at six and seven, so maybe that was the game. But, Cadell, if you know the game for sure, make sure you put it in the comments because uh, that is fantastic knowledge. We're going, what, back 13, 14 years there? Mm-hmm. So, fantastic knowledge if you can tell us which game it is. Um, Graham Turner, of course, podcast regular. He's, he's commented in, on YouTube. Coot retiring, Ryan moving on. Thoughts on the number one jersey for next season. Um, very quickly, James, because we haven't even got into really the Warrington game. Very quickly, James, you'd expect there to be, you know, we're talking about. I know, um, Lakin's mentioned about us being mm. in the market for a marquee signing or yeah. a player of that that caliber. Mm. Um, I posed a question on social media well, if he coots going, who else in Super League do you reckon could replace him or, or realistically would replace him? I couldn't think of anyone and the, the suggestions mm. from anyone else. So maybe we are looking overseas to the NRL for, for a sign in there. Yeah, I, w- I, w- I wouldn't be surprised. Like you, I cannot think of anybody within currently within Super League who you'd, you'd say would come into... Could, could in, come into I mean, of course, James, there is players who are good enough to come in yeah, and replace yeah. Cook, 
But with the contract situations, etc., you know, it, there's not anyone who really stands out who would go, yeah. yes, um, which makes you think it could be overseas. Yeah, and I think that's obviously been obviously been in the thinking as well. I think you know, to be fair to you know to Coote, I think he's obviously given the club plenty of notice about his intentions, and I think it was probably on the cards probably back in in March when he sort of intimated in that interview that he said, you know, he's going to have a think about what the future holds for him, and obviously he's got he's had a few head injuries, etc. And you know he's got to think about his you know his health and his family, etc. And you know he has the, he has the club. Absolutely nothing as a game in the UK, nothing at all, you know. And but so I think, yeah, I think there will be something happening that coming in from the uh, from the NRL. I think you know, obviously there's some uh, wild dreams going on about the likes of uh, Gutherson coming in, which would be uh, <laughs> an, absolute, an absolute statement of uh, epic proportions. I think to uh, maybe uh, Tom has been on the blower to him. So well, he has, yeah, yeah, yeah. How good life in East Ullies, and yeah, and, yeah. You know. uh, obviously, Peters has got those connections as well. So, yeah, yeah there may be somebody in the New South, New South Wales Cup who's got a potential. Probably isn't able to break through into you know into first grade, but could come over here, at a young age, you know, youngish age, and put him put themselves in the shop window back in the NRL. Yeah, I would. I mean, Don Kirkby, great suggestion. Arthur Morg at Catalan. I think he's yeah. out of contract, isn't he? Contract, at the yeah. end of this season, yeah. not a bad shout. Um, the way Rovers are operating at the moment, James, I wouldn't be surprised if this isn't already sewn up already. Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm thinking as well. Uh, a matter of, um, you know, the club waiting to announce it when they feel yeah. ready to announce. You know, the, the business have done in the past, they've been very clinical. So, hey, mm. let's see what happens there. Warrington, yeah. Walshill, Hulkington Rovers, James, Ethan Ryan scores after 13 minutes. Can we just stop for a second and appreciate the James Bachelor offload? <laughs> if if the Harlem Globetrotters were a rugby league team, James Bachelor would be featuring for them. There's no doubt after that crazy offload, what he, he got away and and he gave Ethan Ryan a walking try. It, it, it was a walking. Was, I mean, I mean, obviously, we think where we stood, we couldn't see the the full the full yeah. magnitude and the beauty of it. And it's only afterwards when we just think so the the highlights. are thinking, oh, it was it was just it was just a thing of beauty. And I think even the Warrington fans behind the post were actually applauding. <laughs> it's great. Yeah, James. Do you know what? I, like, I think when we was in the away end, you couldn't quite appreciate no, the, no. The, the, the skill involved. And no. when you watch the replays, there is a smattering of uh, Warrington fans who were there yeah. applauding. And, and they <laughs> had such a great view of it. Yeah, but it was. It was just... And it was. It was, it was just sublime. And I think it, it just really showed what, what a signing James Bachelor has been. You know, we've we've sat, we, we, you know, we've signed him for his defensive qualities, and he's sort of delivered on that. You know, he's got he's got a few, you know, a few tries, you know, ticking that box. But to be able to do that sort of put that sort of pass pass in, you know, in that get in that game, in that intensity of a game, it just it it just again just shows the level that the club is now operating at and the, the quality that we've been able to bring in. And yeah, it was. It was just superb. Yeah, and, and despite being fearful of what might happen at Warrington James because of the squad selection, you know, mm. injuries to players in key positions. Uh, after twenty minutes, Rovers are twelve nil up. Kane Lynette, the big red machine. Of course, he's just signed a new one-year deal. We'll come on to that very soon. Um, he scores after twenty minutes. Rovers are twelve nil up, and James, there was an air of. Confidence and air of yeah. 
We deserved this. It wasn't. It yeah, wasn't, it wasn't a fluke. fluke. It wasn't, it wasn't a fluke. No, we no, deserved I, to be twelve nil up. Uh, yeah, twelve nil uh, yeah. up after twenty minutes. Yeah, I mean, you, you know, I think as Rovers fans, we're used to sort of seeing them play and getting to twelve nil leads, or you know, getting to leads and thinking, oh well, it's, it's they're going to blow it. You know, they're going to blow it, etc. But, but I stood there watching, I was thinking they're in total and complete control of this game. Yeah, yeah, they will sort of make it. You know, getting the big Warrington forwards running around, creating the gaps. You know, I think even Minchella could have gone in again, but there's a camera who did the try save to stop. Was it was it was it Gufty? Gufty, yeah, Gufty. Well, Gufty, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, <laughs> uh... I was thinking about a puppy the other night. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So yeah, we were in just total total control, and I think even when they they scored just before half time, it was almost thinking actually. It's it's been a bit of a scrappy try, and I said to this guy stood next to me, I said, you know, we've only conceded tries recently from from kicks, you know, fumbled behind the line, etc. Because otherwise, there was no way Warrington seemed to be able to get through that Rovers defence. Yeah, you know. and and you could tell as well in the stadium, James, because um, the Warrington fans were almost sort of not in shock, not yeah. in, but there was quiet despite the best efforts. Yeah. Of that uh, boy with a drum to get the crowd going. <laughs> Nobody was joining in because yeah. there was just there was just an air of I don't know. Yeah. The, the, they just didn't seem to be at the races, and that was that wasn't because of Warrington though. That was because yeah. Rovers. That was Rovers intensity. The yeah, the yeah. intensity and the speed, and and yeah. one player was crucial to that. James was um, Matty Parcell. Um, yeah. I know why he scored on thirty three minutes at twelve six. I still didn't think Warrington were going to lay it on thick and come back really strong. Uh, but Matty Parcell was so integral to that intensity in the first half. It was, and every t- every time he got the ball, he just looked dangerous. And I think you know, he's just causing the Warrington defence problems. And you could see him sort of standing off, standing off him. And he was just just had that space, and you know, just running from side, you know, side to side, looking for the gap, putting players through, etc. And just really orchestrating the, the rover the rover's attack. Um, and like I say, just. While he was when he was on, you just felt as though we scored twice. We could we could score any time here, you know. We just it's just the, the, ten and a half break into a, into a, into a full one. Will it would have been away, and if we'd have gone in at half time, 18, 18 six up, it would have been you know nobody could have had any complaints from a Warrington team on that you know on the way they'd gone, the way it'd gone. No, and uh, Warrington fans will probably point to uh, the Curry's try on 45 minutes. Rashford converts. That makes it 12 all. For me, though, James, the key moment was Matty Parcell going off yeah. Um, yeah. on 53 yeah. minutes at the score 12 all. I mean, it was so influential. But when we was already down to sort of the bare bones in our spine, you know, our bench of Sue, Kennedy, Wood, Luckley, it don't give you much room to manoeuvre in terms of uh, Hooker are in the halves. Parcel goes off. Jez Litton obviously reverts back to Hooker, and we saw yeah. um, Sam Wood lining up uh, at half back. I mean, mm. unaccustomed position. Another mm. one who's uh, uh, filled in at a number of positions for the Robins mm. this season. Mm. I wouldn't say let us down in that game whatsoever. No, not at all. No. No. Very difficult for him to come in and make it, a, a real impact on the side it, when it, he won't have trained in that position. He won't no. have been expected to play there. It's just, um, it was just a little bit of, once that happened, James, you just thought, here we go. And, you know, it's crazy, really, because the player who inflicted the injury on Matty Parcell has had no, um, 
Mm. Recompense, sort of. We've had no recompense coming our way in terms of him being banned or suspended or anything like no. that. And it's it, 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 a crazy it, challenge at the time. I don't even think they even looked at it, you know, on the uh, right. you read the minutes from the MRP. The, 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 I don't even think they even looked at it, so probably tells you all you need to know. I did uh, think about that there could have been some on field action, and it's become a feature of Ben Fairler. And, and do you know what? He come in for some stick for, for the uh, the way he refereed the game. I, I don't necessarily think he was that bad. I, I thought he was he was okay. But he's so quick to make decisions. It's mm. it's boom, but he does it when he's a video referee. He does yeah. it when he's on the field. He, he, yeah. he almost, I get it. He wants to make a quick decision yeah. and he trusts himself yeah. to make it. But you feel like if he could have just took a moment there to, to yeah. consider it. And, but no, he was, he was quick not to send it uh, to 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 make any decision on the field there. That could have affected the game massively if we saw a yeah. Simbi. Or something yeah. like that. Yeah, I mean, you know, okay, it may not have seen it, but then you've got Ingall touch judges who probably would have had a clearer view of the incident than uh, than Thaler would. So, you know, what were they doing? But then later on in the game, he put an incident where Matt Russell went off injured. He put that on report. And, yeah. <laughs> you know, you're thinking, well, you know, like I say, well, Parcel's gone down and yeah. he's gone off with the HIA and he's sort of, so something must have clattered him on the head. You don't just suddenly and, go and Shane's down. Touch on, I was watching on YouTube, James. He's so right. He says Parcel was very unhappy when leaving mm. the field. He was. Yeah. He was. He was furious yeah. with what had happened, um, which suggests that something did happen. Mm. Something mm. went towards. Yet the match officials either did spot it and and didn't adjudicate it to be anything yeah. serious or failed to spot it. And you know, but it was so. It was such a crucial mm. time of the game. It, it I know over game, when didn't it? Front, just after when Ma uh, Mikey Lewis scores a penalty, that makes it 14-12 to the Robins. Yeah. But to, to that for me, that was when the game went because yeah. it was very hard for the Robins to to, to really mm. make a stamp. And, and also, let's be fair to Warrington, they got a foothold in the game. They seemed, Their forward started to come alive a bit more. We saw Cassiano come on. Mm. You know, Dufty started to to sort of puff his chest out a little bit and, and yeah. play a bit more. And... and it the timing of it was just just terrible for us, really. It was, and it, it, you think about what had gone on before when Pastel was on, and then what happened afterwards. It was, like it was just a pivotal moment. We'd go, we'd gone from being able to sort of make, you know, make progress, uh, you know, at will, really, to just really being struggling to get our own half. And again, said to the guy next to me on Friday night, I just, I said, we just, just not had any ball this half. You know, yeah. we had no ball really within. You know, decent ball within the within the Warrington twenty five. I think the first time we had any was when uh, um, Williams knocked that knocked uh, the kick off after the penalty yeah. into where uh, in, over over the dead ball line. And I think that's probably the only time we had any decent. You know, got a sniff within any, within the twenty five for that whole of that second half. You know, and it, it's, it's no criticism of Rovers. You know, the, like I said, Warrington really. You know. They came alive. They started to sort of grind us down a bit, but again, fair dues to Rovers. They didn't. They didn't capitulate. Which you know, Rovers teams in the past may have sort of suddenly gone on the back end of you conceded, you know, three four tries within a short space of time. But this team didn't. You know, the, the, the dug in. Yeah, you know, it, it took a, you know, it took a really good finish from uh, Matty Ashton to, to to actually you know score a score that try in the corner. You know, but again, you know, they thrown from the ball about. You know, probably would rather just out on the legs, really. Out of, and uh, yeah, 
and that's what eventually won it for him. And yeah, I think you, the way you could see the Warrington players celebrating, and especially when um, Williams put that drop goal over, I think they knew they'd been in a real, real arm wrestle and a real battle. Um, oh, um, without doubt, James. The, and you know, the, you know, the just I think relieved to come out with with something something out of the game. Yeah, and and what you would say is, um, I mean. <laughs> It's difficult to say whether it has changed the game. Um, Lewis's uh, penalty that hit the post. I mean, Rovers were a little bit in the ascendancy there, and, and I was screaming, "Keep going, keep!" Because it was, mm. it felt like a try could have come there, but they're such fine margins, aren't they? And, yeah. And to be fair, he hits the post. Another day that goes over, it could have made it. I, I don't think the two points would have made the difference. Nah. I think a try would have made the difference. So I would have made a difference, but. But then also, you know, hit the person, the bounce of the ball, put it. It could have bounced into Rovers players' hands coming on the on the follow up, and they the, the got retained possession. It bounced the other way, went to Warrington's hand, you know, and that's probably summed up the look after Parcel had gone off that we were we were facing. But you know, I, I can I can see the argument for both both instances. Yeah, we hadn't had any position. Get some pressure, force, put some pressure down in there, twenty five, um, but. By the same token, you know it's going to be such a tight game that it wasn't going. To, you know, it's never going to be a blowout score. And, you know, to get as many points as you can when you can. You know, I think it was also the right thing to try and to try and do. You know, if it goes over, it's a different kettle of fish. But you know, here's the first doesn't. You know, it's all yeah. ifs and buts. All ifs and buts. Fine margin. Fantastic performance from the Robins. Yeah. A real spectacle of rugby league. Um, I think you was right, James. The way the Warrington players and supporters celebrating mm-hmm. new labels in a game and you know hopefully we're not in too many games like this where we're on the back end of a defeat hopefully we're in these games where we we come mm. out on top and fantastic mm. i mean overall fantastic performance this was all <laughs> you know a full full strength warrington team coming yeah. up against a, a robin yeah. side that were not yeah. patched up but key players missing and you dare say yeah. that if rovers have gone their full strength you know you, you could make an argument to say that rovers would have come away with a victory but like we said with the Lewis penalty, it's mm. ifs, buts, maybes. Um, yeah. And we'll see what comes uh, in the future. I mean, stats-wise, Ryan Hall, I mean, it's... Every week. <laughs> Corey Hall, second. Uh, Sean Kenny Dow, what I would say is, although was restricted, Ryan Hall was 116 metres. Nobody else made over 100 metres in that mm. game, uh, which is almost unaccustomed for the Robins at the mm. moment. Um, Elliot Minchella, he got one point in the Man of Steel. Uh, awards. He was uh, our top carrier. He made 15 carries. Uh, Ryan Hall, of course, top average game with 10 metres. Um, bit of an anomaly. Sean Kenny Dowell and then Sal So Sue and Reese Kennedy, nine metres average game, but we're going to come on to the props very shortly. Uh, missed tackles, Sue, five. Lynette, four. Dean Hadley, three. But Kane Lynette made 35 tackles. Our top tackler on uh, Friday night was James Batchelor. He's, he's done it on a number of occasions for the Robins mm. this season. 39 tackles. Jez Litton and Elliot Minchella were 34. Uh, just going on to the props, James. Um, Paul Vaughan made... Um, what did he make? I think he made 114 metres on his own. That was mm. just him on his own. Well, the Robins metres made from props. Reese Kennedy, 34 metres. Uh, Sue, 28 metres. Dean Hadley, 61 metres. Uh, George King, 62 metres. And Sam Luckley, 12 metres. I mean, 
we knew it was going to be a, a battle down the middle, didn't we? Mm. It's going to be an intense battle. Um, and that could be where the game was won and lost. Yeah. Um, but it was a tough, tough night for the props uh, on on Friday because when you look at the meters that they made, and, and to be fair, I mean, um, Sue, Reese Kennedy, they had a nine-meter average gain. Uh, Reese Kennedy only had four carries. Sue only had three carries. Um so it's not it's not great reading if you're them. Uh, obviously, the minutes on the pitch weren't as big as you know mm. when you carry five props. It's not as you're yeah. not going to get on the pitch as much as possible. But as a combination, we just didn't do enough down the middle. I don't think. No, I, no, I, I'd agree, and I think you know we know what Paul Vaughan Paul Vaughan's like. Uh, but it'd be interesting to sort of see how you know what proportion of that came in the second half when yeah. they just had all that ball because because I think in the first half. I didn't really notice him, you know, and the biggest thing, you know, I think they were struggling that. It, it, it would, I think it would just, yeah, just be interesting to see the, the split between the first half and the second half because I think, you know, I would say probably probably two-thirds of Vaughan's metres came in that second half when they had all, you know, they got the possession and got the, the roll on. Yeah. Um, interesting to sort of say Kennedy, considering you know, the, the really short time he was on actually on the pitch again, actually they seem pretty good numbers, really. <laughs> well, it's, I mean, James, it's a bit, I mean... <laughs> Again, Reese Kennedy, it, it's a strange one, isn't it? Because you got Matty yeah. Scott on 18th man, mm -hmm. uh, once again. Reese Kennedy, um, you know, I'm still, I'm still in his camp. You know, I, I think yeah, I, I am as well. I think there's, I think there's definitely a player there. I think it's you don't I, get many yeah, minutes, though, doesn't you, James? You don't get many minutes, and that's 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 a strange thing. But then I suppose the other thing when he is on, he, he does he's prone to the odd error and the odd penalty. Yeah. Uh, but I'm, you know, I, I thought it would play on Friday night because you know the of his size and the size of the Warrington pack, etc. I think it, I, I'm expecting him to probably have a bigger, much bigger part on Friday night. And I think a lot mm -hmm. of perhaps with Kennedy it comes down to confidence. So he probably does need that running, running you know, those minutes on the pitch to boost it. Because I think, you know, I think there is a player there. I think, you know, when we compare him to, you know, the, the props we've had in the last sort of two, couple of two or three seasons, you know, he's certainly not, he's certainly not, not the worst. I think he does, he's putting the effort in, but for whatever reason, it's just not coming off for him. Whether that's down to, you know, the the wet weather, you know, let's you know, face it, last few weeks, every week, the last few games have been played in wet, been wet weather football. So, hopefully, if the, we do get a bit of sunshine, a bit of dry pitches, you know, it, his game will come to the fore, uh, and he will have that more confidence to, you know, to to do an offload. Um, we don't, like I say, we don't know what Peter's what Peter's saying behind the scenes, do we? He may be asking him to play that particular way, and just sort of saying, well, I'm only going to give you 10, 15 minutes. He just don't yeah. know. But it, it, is still... a, it is a strange. It is a strange one. I think it's, um, and we're still, uh, when you consider what's gone before, I think we're very fortunate to have him. Although I do mm -hmm. think if he was paid per minute on the pitch, he'd be skint because he would not be <laughs> living on, on that basis. But that was the Warrington game. Fantastic performance. Lots and lots to look forward to. The Robins are not in Super League, Super League action this weekend as we enter the Challenge Cup. And to help us look forward to that game and discuss Rovers in 2023, I'm delighted to welcome back James O'Brien. James, it's great to have you back on the podcast. It's been a while. Obviously, you've changed jobs since you was last with us. You're now uh, reporting for the Yorkshire Post. James, he'll 
by the octopus. He lives on Kingswood, so it's obviously very <laughs> high brow. Um, so, of course, James will be an avid reader of the octopus, uh, whereas I'm still reading the Sunday sports. So, apologies <laughs> if I don't uh, see, uh, see your match reports in there. But, James, how's the transition gone to the octopus? How are you enjoying life? Everything going okay? Yeah, good, yeah. Um, obviously, different, more variety and not as much rovers. Um quite thinly spread over the clubs probably can't give them as much attention as you'd like but at the same time very enjoyable um yeah can't complain excellent and of course you do still cover rovers you're on the the um the weekly uh press conferences with with willie peters etc so you've still got a firm handle over what's going on in hu9 um what have you made of the robins in 2023 so far james yeah, really impressive. Obviously, they started making strides, didn't they, under Tony Smith? I'm not sure if I can mention his name around here, but no, he's still, he's still, he's still all right. He's still, he's still, he's not, he's not really done much with them, has he? And and, and no. some people think he's a sort of uh, a, a, a secret agent gone in there to, to do a job. So. <laughs> yeah, he's slowly turning it around now, though, isn't he? But anyway, enough <laughs> well, of that, enough of that. But yeah, um, yeah, under Tony, I think the. Rovers were guilty of lurching from the sublime to the ridiculous quite and back again quite quickly, weren't mm-hmm. they? But now they've got more substance and steel, but still bring out that style and swagger when the time's right. And I think that's what um, is most impressive under Willie Peters. They seem to have more discipline, although it's funny saying that a few days on from that Warrington game where they seem to lose discipline, whether, whether it was uh, Rovers losing discipline or Ben Thaler just going whistle-happy, which he, he does have mm-hmm. a tendency to do. Um, yeah, I mean, James... It- it's something we mentioned just, I don't know if you heard it, about Ben Thaler and very quick to, to make changes, etc. isn't he? That game on Friday, though, a lot of adversity. But, I mean, James, you like you mentioned there with Tony Smith, um, you know, with Tony Smith, games could quickly be, you could be 12-0 up and then within 20 minutes, you're, you're 30 points to 12 down. And it doesn't seem to be that there with the Robins at the moment. And there seems to be a bit more of a steely resolve around them. Yeah, they're not as susceptible to those mood swings, are they, from mm. well, half to half, mm. week to week, which they were previously. Um, obviously, going on a six-match winning run, um, which they needed at the time, didn't they, after losing those um, couple at the start. But yeah, they're in a good spot, aren't they? But as Willie Peters has been at pains to stress, they're, only, they're not even halfway through yet. And the thing with Rovers is you've just got to keep an eye on those, that injury situation and the, the ticket slowly creeping back up in it and obviously in those key positions as well which you need those players on the pitch I haven't seen much of Jordan Abdul in the past year and that's a big one obviously when he does play is so influential and and this week you probably look at resting Lewis and Lytton if you could but I don't, I don't think you, there's scope to do it is there so really you just is. cross your fingers as Rovers fans hoping that those guys come through yeah. If, you, if you lose one of those, then you you really are in trouble, aren't you? Yeah. It's very funny, James. Shots, you, at least. you mentioned um, mood swings and Tony Smith almost in the same sentence. Then it's, uh, <laughs> but anyway, we move we move on. And you're right. I mean, the, the battle of the game on Friday, it's really interesting in terms of, um, I'm sure Willie Peters, James, would have preferred to rest a number of players. I think the, the injury situation dictates that he can't. Um, Obviously, we've got players leaving, players coming in, etc. Louis Johnson's been recalled from his loan spell at Castleford. Um, he'll probably slot straight into the squad. I mean, 
that's on the back though of the news that broke today, James, that Frankie Holton had departed Old Kingston Rovers and had signed for Lee Leopards on a two and a half year deal in uh, with immediate effect. I mean, was that a bit of a shock to you, James? Because you'll know from covering the Robins when you did that, he he had the makings of being a real top class second row for the Robins with, for many years to come. And it was almost for me, you couldn't imagine him leaving. You know, it was almost why would he leave? Yeah, if you'd have said that like 10 games into last season or this time last last year, you wouldn't have believed it, would you? I've not seen many players come into Super League and, and crack it so quickly. I think he, he got told he was going to make his debut against Wigan the day before or maybe the morning of. Mm. And he just came in and he looks like a natural straight away, didn't he? Um, probably Rover's most consistent player, not only in the first half of the season, but across the whole season, if you look at it. So, yeah, it's a funny one, but new coach comes comes in and these things can happen. And obviously, James Batchelor's come in who, if you look at that pairing in the second row, they're probably, well, up there, if not the most consistent second rows in the competition. I don't think many Rovers fans would swap those guys for, for any other pairing. No. So, yeah, <clears throat> once you find yourself bearing those guys, and um, obviously he's got the ties to Lee and over in the northwest. So, yeah, it, it did feel like it were coming because... He's not been involved as he I don't think he's played for the last month. Um so something was on the cards, you could you could sense it. Um it is a shame because I really like him. I think he's a great great player. Seems like a good lad as well. Um but yeah, and, and on Willie Peters generally, because he's he's making these tough calls, isn't he? Seeing Ethan Ryan go, Sam Wood go, and I think it's just a mentality thing. If they don't quite fit his mentality of wanting to be winners rather than just super league players, then They'll send them off and get get someone in who who does want to win stuff. Yeah, apologies if you get mixed up. I'm going to come to the other James. <laughs> right. um, no, no, no. Sorry, no. Um, it's not as if Frankie Holton's been frozen out, though, is it? He's he's played six games this season. His yeah, last game games. was yeah. against yeah. St Helens. Um, you know, famous victory for the Robins against St Helens. So it's not as if he hadn't had an opportunity. Uh, but for whatever reason, something just hasn't hasn't worked out for him under Willie Peters. No, it, it, it is a really bizarre one because I think it was the first game of the season against Warrington in the uh, and he scored two trials and, got, and walked off with the man of the match. Yeah, it was. It, it is just. It is a really strange one. But you have to say that you know the way you know Bachelor and, and Lynette have been playing. Well, you know you 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 can't really you couldn't really drop them. Um, yeah. And it's frustrating because you know it's less than a year that I signed an extension of his contract. I think it was another three or four years he signed on to the 20, 26 or something like that. Um, and he must have realised that obviously Annette's probably got one more year in him at the, at the most. So he could th- maybe thought, well, actually, you know, you think, well, actually, you know, if when Lynette goes, I'm I'm next off the rank to uh, to, to to establish myself in that second row. And in the meantime. I'm going to get the odd opportunity as the squad rotates because, you know, we've got that quality in depth. You know, I've shown what I can do for the club. Um, but I don't know. It just, it just seems a really strange one. I just wonder whether, like say, in the background, there's, you know, there's, there's family reasons, et cetera, that, that have come into it. As you said, James, is from, is from Lee anyway. I think he played for Lee Miners as, as his junior club. So maybe that's that's the lore of it. Uh, and, and, you know, why, why he's gone back there. But, like I say, it does, it does seem a strange one. In a way, it's very disappointing that he had that potential to be, you know, 
a real class player for the club for a long time. And, you know, maybe it is a bit of spitting out his dummy. I don't know as well. That, you know, I'm not, you know, I'm trying, tra- you know, trying, I'm trying my best in training, not coming through, not getting picked. So, yeah, but, yeah, wishing well at Lee. Yeah. And coming back to you, James O'Brien, I mean, it was under contract. And, and to be fair, Rovers could have sort of held the cards there, couldn't they? And, and, Almost demanded a transfer fee for to, yeah. to sign him. You know, obviously, yeah. hot property for a lot of teams. Rumours that he was going to go across the river to the black and white. Um, Derek Bowman, obviously, he's not afraid to splash the cash if needed. But the fact that they've re- released him from his contract to enable him to sign for Lee is probably pretty telling of the situation that he was in. Yeah, I think so. And transfer fees are quite rare these days, aren't they? But I think if you not a bad apple, but if someone's not happy in the camp, I think it's just yeah. best to cut mm. cut your losses and and part part ways. <clears throat> I'm not suggesting Frankie Horton was, like I say, he's a good lad. Um, but I just think it, it wasn't the the right fit at the time, and I think there was a bit of homesickness, mm. as you alluded to there, uh, mixed in as well. So it's just best for both parties, I think. And, mm. But at the same time, like I say, it is a is a shame as well. Yeah, but I, I mean, I suppose if we haven't got a fee, I suppose it does release up some cap as well, doesn't it? So if somebody does become available, whoever you want to sign to bring in to fill that gap, you know, even it's just like to fill that fill that hole in the squad, then they've got that flexibility now. Yeah, although James, I'd be surprised if anyone does come in. I mean, Louis Johnson went over to Castleford mm. on the season-long loan. Of course, Rovers uh, maintained a recall option on him. He's he has come back in and he's in the squad for the Batley game and. Um, with the way that Lynette and Bachelor are playing, and with our options in the in the back row, really we're not we're not necessarily weakened by the fact that Frankie yeah. Holland is departing because you've got Louis Johnson now who's got a chance to to stake a claim for a, a spot in the side. And I think on the contract list that the that the clubs released, I think Johnson was Johnson undecided or what. I don't think it's decided yet what is happening with Louis Johnson next season. So this is his chance, I think, yeah. James. Yeah, I think the expectation when he went to Cass was that he'd he'd stay on there, it'd mm-hmm. like turn into a permanent. But obviously, it's not it's not gone that way. So he's got a great chance now, and he's come back and and put himself back in um, Willie Peters' thoughts. So it's a big uh, second half of the season for him in particular. Um, but yeah, Ro- Rovers have got some recruiting to do now because he, he is. Shaping his squad in the and he's putting his stamp on it is Willie Peters. Uh, so yeah, it'll be interesting to see who comes through the door now. Obviously, they've got AJ Wallace to, to fill one of those back row spots. So yeah, interesting times ahead. Yeah, and, and to the other James, I mean we mentioned AJ Wallace there, of course. His uh transfer broke um a few days ago now. 20-year-old back rower, former Leeds Rhinos Jr. Uh played 33 first grade games. He played in all three of Jamaica's World Cup games in the in the Rugby League World Cup, um, an exciting prospect, I suppose. <laughs> when we've seen players released, you've got to look at the full picture, haven't you? Because it's mm. only until you see who the replacements are, yeah. etc., then then it, things start to make sense. And and AJ Wallace, you'd assume, is coming in um, to fill a role. And I, I mean, I'm guessing at his age, um, he's coming in. To do, um, you know, with with the opportunity to play a first grade rugby league, and we've seen it with Elliot Minchella, Matty Starton, Ryan Milnes, you know, 
Ethan Ryan coming over from Bradford and, and, and signing for the Robins, that they do get their chance when, when they come. So, in reality, I know a lot of people are sad to see Frankie Holton go. Let's be honest, he's only played 27 games for the Robins. I think he scored six tries. He's had a fantastic impact at the club while he's been here. And many people thought he'd be a long-term prospect. But when you look at who's the next cab off the rank, we're not we're not exactly in a bad place, are we, James? Perlin. No, no, we're not. And I think going back to Louis Johnson, I think, yeah, the, the view was that it goes off to Cass on a long season-long loan. His contract's up at the end of this year. That's is not going to be... And he hadn't been featuring it at all, really, had he all season before he went off to uh, Cass. I think the feeling was, yeah, he's not going to be able to come back. But as James said, he's now got the perfect opportunity to uh, to actually fight for that, potentially fight for an extension at, at Rovers. Um and then, you know, the sign of Wallace, I think, you know, is, is an in, again, a very interesting one. I think, you know, as, as you said, we've not done too badly out of uh, players coming in from uh, from Bradford. The fact he's been at the Leeds Academy, we, we just know how good that the Leeds Academy is. So he's going to have that, you know, get all the basics in. Um, and, yeah, he's going to be long, you know, again, probably seen being seen by Willie Peters and the club as a, as another long-term, as a long-term option. Um and it's you know having played in that World Cup is you know they've got that big game experience etc. So yeah, it'd be, it'd be interesting how it goes. I mean, what what's what's the view from uh, West Yorkshire, James, on AJ Wallace? Yeah, he's, he's not someone who's really been on my radar uh, personally, uh, but obviously he comes with good good raps, as they say. Mm. Um, so yeah, it, it, I think sometimes within a squad it's a budget thing as well. If you can. Mm. If you move someone on who's on a obviously a higher salary, you get someone like him, and it, it frees up cap, cap space elsewhere in the squad as well. So there's that balance in that as well. And well, according to Paul Aiken, Rovers will be spending up to the cap next season, next from next year. So yeah, yeah, and, and I think as well, James. I mean, bringing AJ Wallace in um, on a full time contract, you don't necessarily have to pay him big bucks to give him mm -hmm. a full time mm -hmm. wage, but He's got it all in front of him. And obviously, we've seen what's happened with the guys who signed from Bradford previously, where they've got the foot in the door, then they've secured longer-term contracts. That's when the more, you know, bigger money comes yeah. in, isn't it? It's that yeah. next contract. It's not yeah. it's not necessarily this one. It's the, it's the opportunity to prove yourself. The one after, yeah. the one after that, the playing for. Yeah. Um, so, it's going to be really exciting to see how he does. I'm really looking forward to seeing how he plays. And... Um, You'd almost say the place is up for grabs because James Kane Lynette has signed a one-year deal. You'd imagine it's his last contract. You know, you can't imagine him getting another one. Who knows? I mean, that's probably been a bit disrespectful to Kane Lynette because he's still one of our top top performers. Um, of course, score that try against Warrington last time out. Uh, James O'Brien. I mean, you've seen him up close and personal. A, a consistent, consistent performer not just for Rovers, but in Super League in general. And someone mm. who will, when his time at the Robins finishes, will be held in high regard, such as Clint Newton, you know, players like that, of that ilk in the Super League era, who've really come in and, and made a difference to the Robins. Yeah, you, you've just said it there. Obviously, I, I haven't got that history, so <clears throat> I can't really comment on past overseas players. But for consistency, you'd have to say he's, he's right up there with the best in, in Super League at the moment, and certainly over the last five years I was thinking at Warrington last week that he should play on because he's, he's still at the top level and he's still one of the, the best players on the park when he plays and he's almost metronomic in everything he does from tackling to the lines he hits 
Um, yeah, just such a consistent player, and and he's, I think he's got even better since he shaved his hair off as well. I'm, li I'm liking his new look, <laughs> and I think he's a uh, yeah. I, I think he could play on beyond next year, but again, it's that it's that balance, and it you losing Coot at the end of this season. Uh, yeah. Probably Sean Kennedy as well. Um, so yeah, it's it's and you need to obviously you've got Ryan Hall as well, who could probably play until he's forty five. Yeah. So yeah. It's really interesting though, James. I mean, it's no good for people who listen on podcasts, but um, you mentioned Kane Let's new new look, and I wonder if he's modelled it on you, James, because he's, you know, <laughs> it's almost uh, spitting him in there with a the look. Um, there's a few of them though, isn't there? There's some look. There's some look, well, Liam. I think Dean having needs to grow a beard, didn't he, as well? <laughs> I've had this look for about 20 odd years now, so. <laughs> Do you know what? Real interesting. Do you know what for me though? What? It's, it's really great talking about incomings, outgoings, you know, transfer news. It gets people excited. The real sad bit for me is that we're, what, we're only a third of the way through the season and we're talking about mm. next year as if yeah. there's so much more rugby league, so much more for these players can do this season. And it seems a shame this 1st of May rule. And I understand why they brought it in. It, you know, we're not a rich sport. It's got to be done so players can secure contracts, secure their livelihoods, etc., etc. But it just tinges me with a little bit of sadness that we're talking about next season and what players mm. could do next year more than what the here and now is. Yeah, yeah. Is that for me? Sorry. Yeah, both of you, James, <laughs> James O'Brien. You go first, and then yeah. No, no, I get that, absolutely. It does seem a bit ridiculous. You need to make these early decisions as well, especially on some of these older blokes. You don't know how they're going to be at the back back end of the year. Mm. And how many times do you see players suffer major injuries after after you've signed them as well? Like, remember the other year, in one of his last games for OKR, Greg Minikin did his ACL, didn't he? Mm. And then he missed... Well, you only have to look at uh, Owen Trout now, obviously, yeah. you know, That's potentially yeah. going, you know, wherever. He's out for the season now. <laughs> so yeah. whether he's had a deal done somewhere else or not, we don't know yet. But it's such a precarious uh, career. Yeah. I think he's signed for Lee or very, very close to signing for Lee. So he's going to go there now, miss most of pre-season, have to go straight into rehab. So, yeah. Strange. Yeah. And James Perlin, I mean, it is, like we said, it's, it's interesting, it's exciting, ins, outs, all that kind of stuff. But we've still got a lot to go here now, haven't we? The, the here and now is so yeah. important. We're talking about next season. We have, yeah, and I can't understand really why they're sort of set on that 1st of May. It's almost like, you know, the season starts February. So you basically, you've only got, like, you've, the players have only had like three months to actually say, actually, lay a marker down. And we know, you know, across the game, there's players who, who start really well and then, you know, slow down later on the season and sort of fade off. But others who are slow starters who come into, the, come into their own later on in the season. So it's almost like, Perhaps, you know, it's better to move that date to maybe the 1st of July or something like that. So, at least you then got a longer period for players to, to to be able to prove themselves, really. And he's, But you still got that time before the end of the season, before, you know, the 1st of November, when the new contracts start, to get things sorted. Because, you say, when the 1st of May comes, it just becomes a bun fight. And all that all the coverage that's been in a lot of the press has just been right, who's coming, who's going, etc. You know, it doesn't, nothing really helped help for when the... Uh, the you know the RFL are sending out retained lists and you know where the status is and get gets that speculation going about and then you get the rumours going about who's going where and you know like I say it just distract detracts for a lot from what's you know, the, the here and now and 
what's what's happening already. You know, I can understand from players' point of view wanting to get it settled, settled, you know, quickly. You know, they've all got mortgages to pay, they've got all families to support, etc. You know, so they want to get it sorted if they're going to be out of contract quickly. But by the same token, you know, say it just detracts a lot from you know what's happening on the field now. Yeah, and James O'Brien, I mean, credit to the Robins though, they are trying to get business done early, keep people settled, people, you know, ship out people, will take Frankie Hortland, who obviously don't want to be here, they want to move somewhere else to, to progress, etc. Ethan Ryan, I mean, Salford, uh, Sam Wood looks like he's going to Castleford. You know, these are done early, it gives people security, and I suppose... If you are going to do business, the earlier you can do it, the more security and the more chance you've got of keeping a settled side together. Yeah, that's it. And as Tony Smith, I think, said last week, that clubs speak to players before May the 1st anyway, so it's, it's a, bit, a bit of a well, point. Well, that will take, James O'Brien, I mean, that will take deal didn't come about on the 1st of May, did it? No, that, that's it, yeah. That's been done before, which makes a yeah. bit of a mockery of this 1st of May ruling in the first yeah. place. yeah. Yeah, but like I say, there is pros and cons in there. You can get your squad in place early for next year, start planning. So I can I can see both sides to it. Yeah, and I want I do like I said to James Perlin, I do think Rovers have probably already secured their signings for next season. I don't think they'll be scratching around just the way that Paul Lakin and and Willie Peters go about the business at the moment. Yeah, they've got a plan, and they said the same to me a couple of weeks ago. They're very good at keeping the names under wraps these days. Um, I, I did hear about AJ Wallace, I think, after the St. Helens game, was it? Um, but yeah, no other names coming out. I think they'll go big on a, a full-back. Mm. Potentially got another overseas spot as well with uh, Sean Kennedy-Dowell um, not being kept on as a as a player, at least. Um, so, yeah. Oh, that was interesting, James. It was, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah. Was that a little... Yeah, at least. Yeah. I won't press you, but do you think there could be something in the offing? Do you think he'd like to stay in the UK? Yeah, I think there's been some talks that he will stay on at Craven Park, maybe not as a player. Um, and I think most fans would would like that, wouldn't they? Because he's such an influential figure. He's, mm -hmm. he's played a massive part in changing the culture at the club yeah. since he came through the door yeah. in late 2019. Compare the squad, to, uh, the club to where where it is now to where it was then. Uh, it was a bit, bit of a mess. <laughs> the squad at least, well... The club in general, after Tim Sheen's left, um, yeah. the squad was battered and broken, wasn't it? Um, and now look at it, and he, he's played a massive part in that. So if you can keep him on in, in some capacity, I think it'd be it'd be massive for the club. Yeah, I look. Forward I don't to think see. anyone anything's finalised yet, though. So I'm, I'm just going to stop. <laughs> I look forward to seeing <laughs> Let's move on. I mean, Friday's game against Batley. Squad news, um, of course. Matty Parcel out with injury. Uh, Sue, he received a one-game ban at the uh, on the back of the Warrington game, so he misses out. Louis Johnson, of course, we call from Castleford, comes back into the squad, as does PLT. And Jimmy Kynost, he played for the reserves on Friday night, the same evening that Rose played Warrington. They recorded a 30.6 victory over Wakefield. Uh, Aiden also played in that game. Um, you'd expect... Aiden probably to come in and play, Johnson to play. Um, King is in the squad, although Willie Peters already said he expects to rest him. Um, as much as you can make an argument, James Perlin, um, for um, 
a cup upset. It's not quite the FA Cup, is it? It's not the the the, the chances of success for the for teams lower down is a lot harder in a game at rugby league. And when you look through Batley's squad, I know that they're flipping the championship. I mean, they've played eleven games, won seven, lost four. They beat Keithley last time out in the Challenge Cup, fetched four points to sixteen. But it's a very, very big ask for a, a championship side like Batley, who are part time to come and and beat. Hulkington Rovers, who have named pr- pretty much the strongest squad available to them. Yeah, I think you know the fact that the, the, I was surprised when the squad came out. You know, the really how how strong it was, um, and I think you know that's sort of you know, Willie Peters. I think giving a lot of respect to Batley, not sort of saying you know mm-hmm. just saying look, we're going to have to be on our metal to actually win this game. But you're right. You know, the, you know the uh, the shocks in the cup are few and far between. Unfortunately, Rovers have been in the back of one of them you know, a few years ago, and fans of an old vintage like myself will remember the uh, the Oldham, not the Oldham, the uh, the, uh, the Hunslet one in '83 and the Doncaster and the Regal Trophy in '86. Uh, so yeah, always going to these sort of games with a bit a uh, bit of trepidation, but um, we should win. You know, they've got a very strong squad. You know. But Batley have got nothing to nothing to lose, have they? And the fact, you know, their their performance on on the weekend when they beat to lose certainly shows what uh, you know they've certainly got something about them. And you know, I think Willie Peters is right to name as strong a squad as possible. Yeah, and James O'Brien. I mean, getting a, a home game against a Championship team or a, or a lower league team at this stage of the competition for a Super League side is pretty much what you want. Um, and if you get through this game. It does open up the draw, doesn't it? I mean, it, yeah. and, and Rovers, um, they probably will fancy having a go at the Challenge Cup. We was, of course, in the semi-finals last season. I mean, what a disastrous semi-final that was! Absolutely. I mean, what you know, from where we are now to where we was in that game, absolute chalk and cheese. We've already mentioned Kane Lynette. I mean, the fact he lined up with a bust arm was was absolutely ridiculous at the time. Blah blah blah, but. I do think the hierarchy at Rovers are are wanting a tilt at Silverware, and, and I think the Challenge Cup probably is the best opportunity in the, at this stage of the season. No, absolutely. But it's luck of the draw, like you say. You could get sent away in the next round, then it's all up in there. It's not even 50-50 anymore, is it? You're no. probably looking there at causing a shock yourselves. But I would say about Friday, you'd much rather play badly at Craven Park than on that, that big hill at, at Mount Pleasant, wouldn't you? Um, yeah. I went there the other year when Catalan played Batley in the in the Challenge Cup and big Dave Taylor, uh, the call train, <laughs> trying to get up that hill it was a <laughs> yeah that was a laugh. I've, I've never seen anyone look as knackered on a on a pitch as that and, until I saw Sam Lasoni in round one for Leeds. Um, but anyway, <laughs> yeah, Friday I think Rovers come through that quite comfortably. What they want a bit all the wrong way and then it's just a look of the draw. See, see who get there. You'd love another home tie, wouldn't you, against York or London? I think. Yeah, and then and then yeah, it opens up. I mean, to be fair though, James, um, you know, you, you look at the game and the way Rovers are playing, the intensity, what they play at. Um, Batley, no doubt, they will have spells in the game, but it's very hard for a part-time team to come up against a uh, a full-time team, and, and this is a full-time side that is priding itself on the mo- at the moment on its fitness. J- um, Willie Peters got came over from Australia very early. I think we was the first team back in pre-season. 
were a very fit side. Um, I suppose, though, James Perlin, there is a few question marks, though. Who might play in the halves? Who might line up at hooker? Them, them spine positions. I think we've got an abundance of riches in the forwards um, out at centre and on the wing, but it's them key positions. And, and we've only got two players now who have been ever-present Sorry, three players yeah. ever present all season. George King, Jez Litton and Mikey Lewis. Um, George King, by all accounts, is going to be rested. Although we'll see on Friday night. Willie Peters isn't afraid to put a curveball in there. But, I mean, if Mikey Lewis and Jez Litton play, um, normally you'd expect them to be rested maybe. But, you know, they could be. They could have a field day if they're, if they're on form. Yeah, I suppose really, you know, I could see, I think Lewis will play. I think Lytton will play as well. It's a question, I suppose, whether you play Lytton at uh, Hooker or at um, in the halfback. But then if you're playing Lytton in the halfback, so who are you going to play at, uh, who are going to play at Hooker? I think he'll probably go with, will he go with PLT in, in the house with Lewis? Or would he even put Wood there? Because like I said, you know, Wood played there on Friday night, you know, really out of position. But he didn't let anybody down, you know. But do you, do you go for the unpredictability of PLT? I know. Yeah, well, it lined up fat fullback for Keith Lee against um, Sheffield at the weekend. Um, you would imagine that's probably... Well, I say you imagine that's a position, but Ethan Ryan performed so well at Warrington. Um, so it's very hard to make a case for him then going into the halves or at hooker, but you expect him to feature... Shit, just because of his pace, etc., and we've seen how how uh, well he can play. We saw against well FC the last game of the season when he lined up in the house. How mm. um, devastating he could be with his pace and and um, his his skill and and the way he plays. I mean, James O'Brien, he is a special talent, isn't he? And but BLT. at some point he's got to play. He, he needs mm. to get him on the pitch, and this yeah. presents a fantastic opportunity for him to to get out on the pitch for the Robins. Yeah, if you don't play him in this, when when do you do you play mm. him? So I think yeah, you've got to get him in there, and I'd probably go with um, Sam Wood in the in the halves um, alongside Lewis and leave Lytton at Hooker or get him back to Hooker. Um, I think that's probably the best way to go. But he has got options. You could put you could even put Minchella at Hooker or or Hadley. I think that'd probably be a last last resort. But you, you've got options. Um, whatever he goes with in the spine, I think it'll be enough. Enough. It's just about getting that balance right and making sure they don't get injured, basically. Yeah, yeah. I, I think that's the biggest thing. Is it you know injury and and, and making sure that players get through the game and and treating back with respect. You know, I think that's very important. I think um, Willie Peters has done that with his squad selection. Mm-hmm. You know, he could have quite easily named players like Leo Tennyson, who's who's gone on to Cornwall on loan. You know, mm-hmm. he could Connor Barley's returned to the Robins, but of course he was cut tied. He played for York um, in the Challenge Cup. He won the early round, so he couldn't play, but he's been recalled. Um, so it's going to be very interesting to see what the Robins do. I fully expect a, a, a comprehensive victory and, and hopefully we get an easy draw in the next round. But James, um, very quickly, uh, James O'Brien, it'd be great to get your opinion on the Rugby League World Cup. I mean, what a farcial set of circumstances that we've found ourselves in. Um, upsetting really for a lot of rugby league fans because international rugby league whetted our appetite through the World Cup. We saw some fantastic rugby league, we saw some absolute drubbings. But on the whole, what came across is that people want to see more international rugby league, 
And at the moment, obviously the French World Cup isn't happening. We've seen Qatar now throwing hats in the ring, saying we'll host it, New Zealand, Fiji, etc. Um, it's just a, it's just a bit of a mess, isn't it? Yeah, and I think. In- a lot of fans would have loved to have gone over to France, wouldn't they? Back end of the mm-hmm. season, it'd have been a nice little trip over and spend a few weeks out there, or keep going back to the England games or whatever. I think it'd have been a really good tournament. But it just it just seems like international rugby leagues just fighting a losing battle. Is it, is it ever going to take off? I don't, I don't know. I was saying this after the England France game. I, would, <clears throat> I had to enjoy that double header in the flesh. Um, I couldn't get away from it, and it was just horrible. Just a really, what's where it was a rubbish rubbish occasion. And I think just logistically, you're just fighting a losing battle. Whereas in rugby union, you've got the Six Nations, aren't you? You've got South Africa as well. You've got other sides. Whereas we've basically just got four, maybe five now, uh, top nations who could play each other in competitive games. Um, and most of them are down under. And even though they're on Australia's doorstep, Australia's doorstep, they don't want to play them either. So, yeah. It's, um, I think I it's think in it. Yeah, so I think for me the biggest disappointment as well is just the impact that you know we'd seen with the last World Cup, the the progress of the women's game and the you know the wheelchair game was just you know absolutely a revelation, and that's you know, probably got more common column inches than you know the men's games really, and I think it's it's those sort of that sort of area that's potentially going to suffer more, you know, by the cancellation of the, of the game in France, uh, the, the tournament in France. But like I say, James, yeah, it would have been perfect, you know, for a lot of people to would have wanted to go out there, you know, just you know, set and spend a week out there or something like taking a few games. Yeah, it, we just seem to shoot ourselves in the foot all the time, don't we? And, you know, I think it's particularly disappointing given you know the the global sports events that are happening in France over the next sort of year or so. You know, the Olympics in there and the Rugby World Cup. You know, the French government seems to manage to fund those. But, you know, with the best will in the world, I can't imagine funding a Rugby League World Cup would require the same level of spend as would go into those those two events. Yeah. And, you know, the profit they would, they would make on those, you know, would surely help cover some of the cost on, on the Rugby League World Cup. And, it's, yeah, it's just a very disappointing missed opportunity, I think, for the whole game, you know, men's, women's, wheelchair, PDRL, etc. Yeah. Yeah. Well... It's been fantastic, James. Both James, thanks for joining us. James O'Brien, what game are you covering this weekend? I'm at uh, Halifax Saints Friday night. Oh, are you expecting um, a shock? No, but I, I need to be there just in case. Um, you could say the same about Craven Park, couldn't you? But uh, yeah, I don't think we'll get a shock, shock at either. And then Le- Leeds Wigan Saturday. That's an interesting one again. Wigan's response there, the holders out there. And, it's great to, to have those games so close together. The, the one last Friday uh, going into this one, it's really intriguing to see which mm-hmm. leads to turn up firstly because they we talk about the sublime to the ridiculous. No one does it like the Rhinos at the moment. So will they revert to type? Will they go from good one good performance to to a really poor one? Um, we don't know. They could do it from first half to second or, um, or the other way around. We'll see. Yeah, and of, of course, the Wigan Warriors are up next for the Robins in Super League. Uh, we play them next after our fixture against Batley in the Challenge Cup. Um, guys, it's been fantastic, really interesting podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. Um, we have, of course, powered by 360 Chartered Accountants and Budget Size Auto Centre. It's the magic of the cup. 
as the Batley Bulldogs come to Craven Park on Friday night in the Challenge Cup. We look forward to welcoming them. Of course, thank you to everybody who's tuned in and watched live on YouTube and Facebook. And of course, everyone who listens on podcast, a huge thank you. Keep sending in your answers for who was the last uh, Hull-born halfback partnership. Chaz Anson and Paul Cook was the latest offering. We haven't got a specific game yet. If you do know, let us know. It'd be fantastic to find out. But for now, please just live, love, laugh and be happy. (laughs) 